everybody welcome to another edition of the jimmy palumbo show that's right my name is jimmy palumbo and i of course am the host of the jimmy palumbo show here live on youtube and linkedin and some other bullshit sites i have no idea where it's been facebook. live uh, facebook live all this different stuff but meanwhile i am coming to you live from the undefeated media studios in downtown wyckoff getting involved here via of course we have behind the double glass, triple glass. Nobody has more glass than Jimmy Palumbo. We've got Chris Gucci coming aboard. Chris, how are we doing today? I'm doing well. I'm having a good right. day so far. Let's have a good show. Happy to All see you, buddy. Chris, of course, is coming from downtown Matawan, which I'm due to make a guest appearance down there on your show, which was funny today, by the way. Please check out the Chop Sports Media Daily, Chop Sports Daily Show. Uh, is that the official title, Chop Sports Daily Show? Yeah, the, the CSD, okay. Chop Sports Daily. Chop Sports Daily, funny show. Dave Sergio, Chris Gucci have a lot of funny. Uh, it's it's sports, but it's uh, sports and bar arguments, which I love. You guys yeah, have some the interactive banter is what makes the show. We're able to go, go off the rails a little bit today. And really, it's, uh, you know, uh, to me, it's a really it's really an asshole Packer fan talking to an asshole Cowboy fan. Um, I just love to say that. Dave's probably listening and saying he just called me an asshole. Didn't he? But Dave, me and Dave had some funny texts over the weekend, of course. Um, just some funny stuff with the Rangers and everything and his, and his kids. And I, I love those kind of texts over the weekend. But this is show number 65 to get back down to basics here on the Jimmy Palumbo Show. Of course, sitting to my right, who I didn't even really introduce, is your friend and mine, Mr. Doug Friedman, who is president and CEO and CFO and national sales director here at Undefeated Media. Basically, yes, sir. It's Doug's place with uh, with Connor in the back. I have another glass it's way in the back. I have Connor behind yeah, the glass. A lot of glass. And Connor's working on my new stand-up reel, which is exciting. But this is show number 65, folks. And let me tell you something. Number 65, there, Chris, listen, there were so many different number 65s I couldn't choose from. I think I had, with all the sports and all the things, I had, really, I had a choice of three. <laughs> okay. Bro. This might this might be the worst. And you're going to mention three guys right now, I have a feeling. Right. Well, I, yeah. Well, first of all, um, the minute you hear number 65, the first guy you come to mind is definitely Phil Hughes from the Yankees. And the reason why I hate Phil Hughes is because I always felt, if I was the size of Phil Hughes and threw as hard as he did, I would have been either like Roger Clemens level or Randy Johnson. And he was the guy. And my if my brother's listening, he's gonna he's gonna drive off the road. He was the classic player who was always the gonna be. Oh my God, Phil Hughes is gonna be really good. And then the second year, hey, we got Phil Hughes back. He's gonna be really good. Next thing you know, he's on the team. Would seem like eleven years. And you're like, and, and he stunk. <laughs> the Yankees got rid of him. I feel and he like I feel like the He's whole a, Phil Hughes, Phil Hughes and Jabba Chamberlain era right, is what like, like ushered in the new age of baseball that you hate. It was right, the first was, time you just, heard about pitch counts and innings limits and the Jabba rules. He's gonna come and he dominates, and all of a sudden you're watching the games, and you know, and of course, so I'm not gonna. That, that's enough time for Phil Hughes. Um, but he ended up did pit pitching for a while in Major League, so good for him. The other one I was going to go with, because it's near and dear to my heart, number 65 of the New York Giants, 
center, Bart Oates. I didn't realize how good Bart Oates was. And I was going to, I mean, he went to like, I think he went to a total of six Pro Bowls. He won two Super Bowls. Um, starting center in the league, I think, for about 10 years. Um, I, I, to me, he's one of those guys, he's a borderline possible Hall of Famer as a center. But I'm guessing they don't put centers in that often. So you got to be a total, like, stud to get in as a center yeah, interior lineman it's a tough it's a tough one to right but bart oates is definitely in, in that if, he, if he's not a hall of famer he's in that like category where most guys land now which is like really really good player <laughs> you know what i mean like because i think the main reason is in, in the nfl or nba once you start and then like nine years go by and no one's all the draft picks that come in and no one's you know unseat you that to me is a sign of a good player like he's starting until and when he doesn't start, they get rid of you. There's no backup. It's like it's over. Your run is over. But he went to San Francisco and actually played two years, made the Pro Bowl there. Yeah, we. But, I think we talked about Bart Oates on this show at one point or another. Maybe he probably w- did it during it. Listen, we're in the '60s now, and this is this is troubling. I think I I think I had brought him up about something to do with the 49ers or the Giants. I might have asked that question. You might have anyway. What, what player? On. But anyway, listen, that's enough. But the guy I have to go with for show number 65, folks is um, I'm going to say a statement now. Ladies and gentlemen, the best pitcher in the major leagues this year is nasty Nestor Cortez Jr. Now, I know he's not technically the best pitcher in the league, but I just love this guy. Why? Because he's a wiffle ball pitcher. Um, Although I would have been better than him in wiffle ball. His ERA is 1.50. He's 5-1 in 10 starts. He's got... uh, he only it's 60 innings pitched. He only gave up 10 earned runs. His whip is, that's you know, walks, hits per innings pitch is 0.867. He was a 36-round draft pick. He, he bounced around, and I learned, I had to do some research. Um, what I love about him is he only throws between 89 and 92 miles an hour. He's like, but he's not a junk ball pitcher. It's really, but the cool thing is he has different arm angles, different ways he grips the ball, different body language. He changes everything on the mound. And for a hitter who gets locked in, only way sometimes to confuse him is by giving him a different look on every different pitch. And I thought he had been doing this his whole career, but it turns out he was a dominant minor league pitcher. Whenever he came up to the major leagues, he struggled a little bit. And he finally got with a coach when he was with the Mariners, Rob Marcello, who's one of the best pitching coaches in, in baseball. And he went up to him and said, hey, man, I'm a great pitcher in the minor leagues, but my few times I came up, I suck. Like, what what, what made me so good in the, in the minor leagues and not in the major leagues? Besides, obviously, everyone's better. And he actually, you know, the whole uh, computer stuff, the database research, he actually said, okay, your different arm angles, your different. Let's combine that with what we learn on the computer, and that's what makes him a great pitcher. And I know you've watched all the Yankee games this year. He's fun to watch. You always feel like the other team is going to score nine runs in an inning, and next thing you know, he throws eight pitches and he's walking off the mound. It's I've never seen anything as bad as Joey Gallo is. Cortez has been this good. I mean, and he was really good at the end of last year. When his ERA was 2.9. Jimmy, he was really good all last year. It's just because he didn't have the the acumen or the pedigree coming along, they like no one it knew took it. them so long it. to realize it. It was like, oh, right. we'll give him a spot start here. But it was always, they'll figure him out. And even the Yankees right. organization kind of took a really long time to warm right. up. The they almost, he, he, even to start the season or the, in early spring training, nobody was like, hey, we're going to have Cortez throw a little bit. Like, 
It's and anyway, number 65, Nestor Cortez Jr. Pleasure to watch. I love watching him. Who do you got, Chris, for your 65? I have the only player in NBA history and the only other player in any sport to wear number 65 remaining because Jimmy named all other three, and that's obviously Zimmerman. an embellishment. But George Ratkovitz, born George in 1922, Ratkovitz. right? Um, <laughs> he played for the Philadelphia 76ers. They actually sell Rakovic's jerseys online right now in the old school Philly because he's the only NBA player to wear 65. So for that oh, reason, so he bad. has his jersey selling now, and he is straight okay. out of the Lindbaum Math and Science Academy. So, all right, NBA well, NBA um George turned out NBA players over there at the academy. Well, I'm going to add a new segment to this beginning because we're in the high numbers. Your job, besides having your guy, you have to list. An NBA player who wore a number. Now we're up to 65, so it's slim picking. So your goal yeah. is to pick your guy, but also as an aside, you will mention an, an NBA, NBA player, player that wore this number. I don't think over 65 we may, be, we may well, not have one. We, we've but talked your... about it. I'm one of them, too, where it was like, I think I've gone this route before where I've said there's only been one NBA player that wore this number. And right. when what I is... see that, I'm like, all right, at least this stands out. Right, but and wasn't there one number where it was never sixty three? Maybe never. There's a couple that have never been worn. I love it. I love stuff like that. Anyway, all right. Well, that's it. yeah. That's actually right. That's what I did do. We have Nestor Cortez and George Ratkovich from Philadelphia Lindbaum Math and Science Academy. Oh wow, that's we're really stretching. They turn out NBA prospects left and right at a Lindbaum Math and Science Academy. All right. Well, listen. That's that's when you get to sixty five. We're like eight episodes past my my birthday already. Fifty seven. My God. Um, all right. Well, now it's time to um, my favorite part of the show. This is where Chris gets to get on me for being lazy, fat, and other various things. And it's sponsored by. This is the Jimmy Palumbo weight situation. Sponsored by Absolute Eyewear. Now, of course, you know when I say situation, you don't know where I'm going to go. But this is sponsored by Absolute Eyewear. One of the big-time sponsors of Chop Sports and Jimmy Plumbo Show, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey. They are opticians and their family-owned brother Craig and Janine, his sister Michonne, right in Woodbridge, family-owned the whole bit. Craig's was my right center fielder for my softball team. Janine played softball, was better than Craig, but she couldn't play on our team. Uh, they have everything there, prescription eyewear, prescription sunglasses, non-prescription sunglasses. They got glasses for the kids. They got contacts. You go there. They do eye exams there. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Absolute Eyewear. They have Ray-Ban coach Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, Michael Kors, Vogue, Maui Jim, Costa Del Mar, and newly Oakley. I'm not going to say Charles Oakley, but. So that's my Bob Shepard, of course. Listen, you get $100 off a complete pair of prescription glasses when you mention this podcast. They're 16 years in the biz. They're open all the time, except for Wednesday and Sunday. And, Chris, why are they closed on Sunday? It's football Sunday. And why are they closed on Wednesday? That would be softball day. And, look, you threw me for a curve. I almost mixed it up. I went with Sunday. I tell you, a lot of hesitation there. But we've been doing this now for almost a year and a half, and Chris still gets a little shaky, which I appreciate. but go down there and talk to them because they're really nice people. And I'm telling you, when you leave there, 
you don't feel like a jerk off, which I still think should be on every sign they put up on. It should be on top of it. Welcome to Absolute Eyewear. When you leave here, you don't feel like a jerk off. And of course, on, on a side note, um, stupidly, Chris Gucci and Dave Sturcio, who are owners of uh, Chop Sports, actually can't see. And they have a sponsor called Absolute Iowa. That, that to me would be like if you – this is the equivalent. Jimmy, I if have an idea about this. If you guys had a restaurant as a sponsor, but you were starving to death. I have an and idea. Like, well, this is my idea, Jimmy. And I think this is something that we I was going to talk to Dave about. I'm talking to you. This is a, an idea that I've had over the past couple of days that's been materializing. Let's make a vlog about it. We, we have Absolute Eyewear as a sponsor for Chop Sports for all this time. And yet I can't see and Dave can't see. So we're going to go in there and we're going to make it a video and do it a little commercial kind of deal. And then we'll put yes. it out on our YouTube and it'll be part of the advertisement. And we'll all show up. We'll all show up and uh, at uh, Absolute Eyewear. We're bus balls. And I'm going to bring a picture of Jimmy Palumbo so they can put it up. Yep. A picture of my choice, I'm of course. I'm right here glasses from uh, Absolute Eyewear. And so that's it. And they are my, uh, they're good people. Go check them out. Absolute Eyewear, 732-326-3937 in Woodbridge, New Jersey. Now, weight situation. Now, I've been struggling. Uh, it's been all over the news. ESPN's been covering my weight loss very heavily. Um, last week, I came in at 200 on the dot. I got my fat ass on the scale. And this week, I exercised more. I ate well. Had a couple beers yesterday playing softball and stuff. I played pickleball intently. It's the weather's been nice, been feeling good. And I came in this week, Jimmy Palumbo's weight, 197.99, which means that's a 2.1 uh, weight loss in a week. I think that's a decent job right there. I felt good, was out a little bit, doing some good walks, running, pickleball, running around like a jackass. Um, and so, listen, two pounds, not the end of the world, but we're heading in the direction. And so far, I've really lost. Now I've lost 20 pounds since we started this way too long ago. I think we started in no end of November. So it's really been six or seven months. Yeah, so I'm and not like, where I want to be. Wanna be technical, if you want to be technical, you've technically gained weight since your birthday. Uh, well, yes, that I have. But that's because I ballooned up immediately yes, after and then lost birthday. weight subsequently since then yes. but you're still well, like i told but I, I was i was honest about that i had birthday dinners i had all kinds of stuff going on so depending on what your benchmark is like at what point are you gonna set a new mendoza line we'll call it well, the mendoza last, line well, here we we, we kind of were joking around is 200 pounds the mendoza line like major league batting average jimmy's weight same deal like if you're oh, right so you're saying i can't really go over 200 anymore is what you're ever saying. again that's I like agree a, with that. I agree with that. I'll go with that. And if I do have one week, that'll be a discussion. I'm at 197.9. And um, uh, I think I'm going to, I, you know, I think I look like I lost a little weight in the face, maybe a little bit. It's been 20 pounds. That's not bad. Um, but I really even haven't, I think I can really, I think there's going to be a week. It's possible as much as, listen, it's possible I can come in four pounds overweight next week, always. But it's also possible I can lose four or five pounds in one of these weeks. There's no doubt about that. Um, depending on how much I really exercise and get out there and really focus. But, you know, if I didn't have a couple of beers yesterday and I half a the tuna sandwich, if I had stuck with my, you know, salads and, you know, that kind of thing, I probably would have been under even more weight, but I'm not. Um, of course, I'm looking at the show here and we've got no comments here at all. So even me being a fat bastard, uh, although there's seven people listening, 
not supposed to say how many, but they see it up there anyway. Then they call you a loser. Well, do they know that you're live? And if they put a question, comment, and concern in the comments section, that you can answer it live for them today? Well, um, I don't know if they know that. I, my social media guy was supposed to post to let everybody know I'm going live today. But um, we're live uh, right now. Right, you guys but, can comment in the comments section. What am I going to answer? I'm commenting by talking. You, not you, them. They can they can comment and or ask yes. a question. Anybody listening, and can, ask a question, and we'll bust balls about it. But I will get back because I'm new to this live thing. Okay, and which is, here you go. I'm new to this. It's a little creepy. Jimmy, um, you are looking a little gaunt. Yeah, a little sickly. And that's my buddy Mike right there, who doesn't refuses to put his regular name in Mick Rue. Mike, go on your profile and type your real name. Don't hide behind. It looks like a Mike Rue. Rue. Like it's, it's short Wayne. for microphone, Mike. No, it's his name is Mike Ruane, and he uh, he directed um, and produced Game Day, which led to Beer League. And I haven't talked to him in a while. Matter of fact, I got to give him a call later on. He's probably bust gonna bust my balls on that. Um, so that's my weight. That's it. So I did pretty good. Um, you don't have too much to get on before, of course, you attack me for being. But we're we're that one. Just calling out the obvious, and I need to know I need to know what to consider in the green or in the red here. Because if it's kind of hovering around, and I feel like there's a lot of gray area surrounding what is good well, and what's been, bad. That's why I want a new line to establish. This, I've been in this 196 to 202 arena for a little too long. So we got to break out of it. If so I we got to break out of it. So now 202 is not on the table anymore. 200, anything over 200, you're, I don't mean like, you're a lot. How about this? If you go above 200 pounds again, you have to, you have to come up with a new segment. Like that's it. It's no longer oh. a diet. You wow. you have to put so, some. Wait, you have wait, to put so some. If I go over two hundred, I have to end the show. Have you I? have to end the segment. <laughs> the segment. Which, I'm, I can't believe I'm not getting uh, more comments of people. I'm saying if you go me. over two hundred pounds again, you have to end this segment altogether. You have to be like, you know what? It's no longer a weight situation. I okay. failed. That's fair enough. That's putting me to the fire. And I yeah. wish we. Had, I wish I could say one ninety five on it. I was going to say July fourth, but that's. Well, maybe it's, it is a month away. How about this? The day. goal is the goal is you know from what? now until what? July fourth is to be less than you were the week before, one way or another. Okay, so the new goal is to lose weight every week, even if it's a half a pound, third of a pound. Don't go above. Yeah, right. because the best way then, to lose weight and keep we'll it off is, is to do it a pound a week, pound a week, half okay. a pound a week, because then you're you know you're forming All a right. new. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. That I agree with you there because I'm a fat bastard. I'm going to, but then at one point, I'm going to go because the fall by Labor Day weekend, Rutgers plays Boston College game one. I think they play Saturday. I don't know what the weight amount's going to be, but I will have a Rutgers football starting NFL weight that I have to match. Now, who knows? It could be 185 by then. It could be 195 by then. We we'll see what, um, what, what Wimsat's weighing in at these days. We'll see. I'll uh, maybe I need to go to Shiano and uh, I never met Greg. I met him once at a basketball game for his kids. I want to go down there and meet the head coach of Rutgers football. I think he should know me because a lot of people don't know. Chris, maybe you don't know this, but um, my brother is unbelievably successful, right? He graduated Rutgers, but he didn't make the cover of Rutgers magazine, bro. And it was funny. I didn't. I thought it was like shits and giggles. But that's a pretty cool – I got more response Jimmy, out of that. Jimmy, the funny thing and, that you're saying right now is that I don't know. I have a signed copy that was hand-delivered on, like, the third day that we you were here. You were like, you know, I got well, these that's books. I was, huh? I was, trying to, I was trying to impress you. by. Uh, I know, you know I know. And it's, if you see where it is now it, – no, I'm kidding. Of course, it's in my – it's in plastic. And you know what it's actually in between right now, which you should feel real good about? I put it in between the 1966 
and the 1967 Packers team yearbooks also wow. in plastic. So it's sitting in between those, which I've showed you. Those so the bottom line is I, I sign it for you. You did. So maybe when this show becomes really big and it's like, uh, remember we used to listen to Joe Rogan and now we're listening to the Jimmy Palumbo show. Cause Doug here thinks I'm going to be as big as Joe Rogan. Um, and uh, so uh, uh, maybe that, that little Rutgers uh, profile will be, magazine will be worth a lot of money i wish I'd, i should know what year it was i guess it was four or five years ago maybe more i don't even know but it's still pretty cool and of course the next week the next month i was wearing a black hat and i i, I mean like my fedora with a black leather jacket and some lady wrote in i'm sick and tired of these jersey people another guido anti-italian thing i'm like i didn't say anything i'm half irish number one i didn't say anything but i was like you know what when you make the cover of a magazine the people write in and they bust balls. I thought it was a wonderful article. And the history on that article was the guy followed me around. And I got a phone call for from a photographer that I thought they were going to put a little picture. I thought I was going to get a little blurb, like like a half a paragraph. And the photographer, who's famous, can't think of his name right now. And he's like, I kept on saying the word cover shot. And I thought it meant that we're covering the article. So we need a cover shot for the printed word. You know what I mean? That's how he was saying it. Next thing you know, I'm a, he meant cover shot like cover of the magazine. And I heard from the QT that they were choosing between the head coach of Rutgers basketball and, and then somebody else. And they were going to, cause they just hired him uh, who ended up getting fired. I won't even say his name. It's how disgusted I was with him. Great, great Rutgers player though. You should know who it is by now, but they, the, the editor just said, you know what? I'm tired of these athletes. Rutgers sports is not doing well. Let's put that nobody, Jimmy Palumbo, on the cover that he did the article on. And next thing you know, I'm like a young Nestor Cortez on the mound for the Rutgers magazine. But it was a lot of fun to be on that. Um, but I got to go down and meet Chiano and meet. I want to get involved over there more. I'd love that. Um, so that's it. What the hell was I talking about after that? So um, that's it. 197.9. All right, let's get to my little quick sports news. Yankees, uh, best record in baseball. Um, and listen. When, when you're in first place and you're playing well, there's really nothing really to say, but I, I'm going to stick to this. I, uh, I, I just, uh, I did a little research. I just can't handle um, like Gallo at 176. My new poster boy for stinks. Sorry, is Rizzo. That's 215. He's, I think he stinks. 215. Like we mocked out Gardner for batting low. And, I'm and having a hard time high. with this, with, with you running down the list and including Rizzo. Well, I'll this tell you what, but because... hang on, hang on. I'm not done though. I'm not done though. Then you got, then you got a guy we're paying way too much money for at 253, LeMayu. Then you got the obvious like Hicks stinks and uh, Higgy stinks. The too many players have low batting average. The Yankees are still winning because their pitching's been phenomenal. So I looked it up and the Yankees uh, team batting average is 244. Okay. And that is 14th. So they have the best record in baseball. Okay. But they're hitting is 14th, middle of the pack hitting. All right. In a year where no one's hitting well. Of course, the Mets, I think, are about 265 as a team. Um, they, but the Yankees also have number one ERA in baseball. And pitching is huge. I get it. Except when you get to the playoffs, then you get to really move those pitches around. And if you're not a good hitting team, you're screwed. Go look it up. Every time the Yankees have lost in the playoffs in the last 15 years is because they can't hit the more strategized pitching lefty righty scenarios. Yeah. yeah. But I will say that and every year, trouble with that. 
every year during the regular season, it was the lineup that was good and the pitching that wasn't. And in the Achilles heel in the playoffs has always been the pitching. So no, that's while I true. agree with you to, to some sense. Not true. You're wrong there. They don't hit during the playoffs. Um, and yeah, I, just, I, yeah, I guess and I'm just pitch. tired of. I'm tired of guys like, oh, we love Rizzo. We love Rizzo. And I'm like, you know what? Definitely not wrong, I'm watching man. him. He stinks. He stinks, bro. You can't be batting 250. Anyway, every week I do the same thing. He had a game-winning hit the, this week with in the okay. in the game that Tyon had the perfect game. He hit a couple bombs. Okay. Like you he's see, having a, okay. He had a good week. So based off right. of where he's been from last week, you have to give some credit. I think okay, last now, Jeopardy was, question. When Rizzo, when, when Rizzo got the base hit, how many times did the ball bounce? Before it got to second base, like nine, dude. That was a that was a bumbling, weird angle. Just got through. If Stanton hit it, you would have you would have been in awe about how fast it went through the hole. First of all, but it's okay for Stanton hits ground balls because John Carlo his whole life. Did you see his line out the other day? His first game back, he hit a golf shot. (laughs) I almost texted you. I think I might have texted Dave. He hit a golf shot his second time up. Was caught by the fielder, but you can see the fielder was like. Thank God I was paying attention. It took my head off. Listen, All my, my underlying point is I want to hear you say something good about the Yankees when they have the best well, record in you, baseball. Besides, they you have the best finish. record in baseball. They lead They lead the league in home runs. They're sixth in RBIs. Um, they're, they, I think the biggest thing is they play um, – they're also second in defense. I don't know if you knew that. Did you know that? I did. So they're 14th in hitting, first in pitching, Second in defense. And, of course, those are the three things you have to do well. The good teams usually do. But the lowest one is the middle of the pack hitting. That's because. But middle of the pack hitting. Middle of the pack hitting with the most home runs means to me it's a little bit better than middle of the pack. But they don't have the most. They're not so great with RBIs as a team either. So there's a weird thing there. I just know when you watch the games. uh, But getting, getting back to positive. The Yankees do play better defense. They're faster. Uh, I got to give Boone a little credit. I think he opens up, opens them up a little bit. And some guys go on their own, except for Hicks should never go because he's not fast, never I think, was. I think um, that and I think Cashman the biggest thing the about the too. Yankees, their pitching, there's been like I made a joke the other night, like someone, uh, what's his name? Uh, one of the, one of the, the one of the pitchers who pitched after the almost two perf game, he gave up a hit in the second inning. I'm like, oh, this guy can't pitch for the Yankees. You got to go at least four innings as a perf. Was it game. Montgomery? It was Montgomery. I I I think I might have posted. And he went, and I think he pitched uh, seven innings, no (laughs) runs that game. But it was like, wait a minute, dude! If there's no perfect game through four, I think I have. I think I have the Yankee stats here. But the Yankees are playing well, of course. I'm just being picky. I think the batting averages are too low, and that will come back to bite him in the ass. That's me scoring at home. So prior to yesterday, Um, the Yankee starters all went at least seven innings, with a total five starts, two runs. I get it. Yankees have good pitching. They really do. And there's no, they have a good pitching top to bottom. ERA. Remember that old stat, stat ERA, which no one goes by anymore? We could talk about the Rangers. Look, bottom line is Rangers lost a tough one last night. Um, it was, you know what it was? I did something that I did it as an homage to my fanship of being a Ranger fan. Okay. Here's what I did I had a softball game at six o'clock. 10 minutes from my house. I watched as long as I could. Then I decided, you know what? I didn't really watch the Rangers all year. And I got to get to the game because I knew we were short guys. I got to get to the game, my loyalty to softball. But then I said, I'm going to do the most enjoyable thing you can do with media in sports. And that is to listen to Sam Rosen on the radio. 
Playoff hockey on the radio is insanity. I've done it. Don't ask me why I've done it many times in the car, even when I was a kid years ago. Playoff hockey on the radio is just wild because you have to kind of listen. You're, you're, forget about John Sterling. He, he can never do it. You have to com- you're completely listening to the announcer because he has to even let you know what end of the end, you know, fast it is in hockey back and forth. Even the NBA, you know, so-and-so dribbles it up. It's not like that in hockey. And uh, so I'm in the car. And of course, I'm like, I was going to pull up to the field and wait until the last minute to get out of the car. And then, of course, for 40 seconds, um, the bastard scored the goal. I was looking for it to overtime on my phone while we were playing in the dugout and having laughs with the guys. But they lost. The, listen, Rangers didn't. I don't want to say they blew it. Tampa Bay's two-time, two-in-a-row champs. and But that's the kind of game, like, you kind of were, you got to win those kind of games. But they didn't. Tampa Bay hung in there. Um and there's nothing you could do, you know, game four tomorrow night. Because in the NHL, which is a men's league, the NHL goes Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, one day in between. The NBA, I just found out the game. if this NBA series goes seven, uh, the game seven is going to be on August 8th. That's the date they want to have the NBA finals because they have 11 days in between games. It's obnoxious. So I love it. It's every other day, you know, there's a Ranger game on. I wish um, – only baseball does it better or occasionally have off. Yankees have off tonight. Um, but listen, it's fun. I, I'm enjoying my playoff fanship. I don't claim to know anything about hockey. I enjoy watching the games. I know a little bit now. I know a little bit more about the players, a little bit, because I'm now I'm watching, what, 7-7. Seven, seven. I'm on my, what is it, 20 games now? How many? Two series? No. Once, how many series has it been? This, this seven, is the third series. So it's my, I watched 17 games this year, playoffs. And so you, I, I know the names, you know, Creeter and Fox and those guys and Panera and, and Shabana Manamana, who's my favorite player. He looks like he looks like he's in one of those Ben Hur movies. Yet he's playing hockey, and um, so I'm enjoying that. Tough, tough loss though, no doubt. So I did some stand up this week, Christopher. I know Chris isn't into hockey, so I, I'm glad he's even comment, which makes it funnier to me. I did stand up in in Glen Rock. It was a weird show. It was a good show. Um, I was headlining my second sold out show in two months, which is a thank you from my friends and family and fans. If you want to call them for showing up, um, my sister saying hello to me. Hi, Jimmy, right there. Um, hi, hi, Marilyn. How you doing? Uh, that's my sister, Marilyn. Um, she's the one who she must be. The reason why she's saying hi is because I lost weight because she's the one that got me on this fat bastard thing. Um, but I did stand up. It was really weird because we were in this room. And when I first got there, it was at a restaurant um, and the stone and rail. And when I first got there, the, the, the restaurant is literally on the train tracks. Like literally, if you stick your hand outside of the train, you can almost get to the front door. And I remember going like, whoa, that's weird. You pulled to the parking lot, like almost on the rails. Right. So I go in there and the, uh, they have a little back room there. And I walked in and I was like, wow, it's cold in here. Like, like crazy cold. But I said, oh, that'll be good. It'll be a lot of people in here. I always sweat like a pig when I'm on stage and therefore it'll be like good for me. So I didn't realize that other comedians were going on, but the way the doors were, I couldn't hear the first guy went up. Nice guy. met him backstage. Couldn't hear what he said. The second guy was an impression, uh, you know, impressionist. He seemed like he was getting laughs. Uh, but during the show, the producer said, uh, the comic said, I'll be on stage for 30 minutes. So good. So I look at my watch. Cause about what about five minutes ago, I start getting ready, you know, getting fired up to get on stage. 
but the producer comes over and says, you know, Jimmy, he says 30 minutes, but sometimes he does 12, 15, 18. I'm like, wait a minute. Where's the call to the bullpen? Like, I need to get like, that's not fair to me. Like, what's his last bit? And it was like, his last bit is something about Michael Jackson, but I couldn't hear. So I had to be like over ready, which I hate. Because that's when your stomach starts to churn. And you feel like you're going to shit yourself. I always feel like I have to take a shit for every show. Yeah. Um, I can but, <laughs> you know, so I don't feel that way in my podcast. That's because maybe I have more family members than listeners. But um, but it was, ended up being a really nice show. But I got in the room. Now I'm thinking, okay, all the people in there, it's going to be like a little more hot. You know what I mean? I got in the room. And I swear, I guess they closed the doors. The room was even colder. And I had nothing else to say, but I looked at the audience. I just said, hey, everybody. I was like, Jesus, this is cold in here. And I could see every woman had like their husband's jacket on. One lady was watching the show with her arms crossed. It was, it was like a nice day out, you know. It was like, you know, so I did a few ice jokes and like, you know, hanging meat, bruschetta, and gabagool material. But uh ended up being a nice show. Uh, I got some laughs, I think. I had some good friends that showed up too, which was fun. Um my one thing though, bro, I, I gotta, I gotta fix this. I know I, I'm trying to lose weight. Now I got to fix another thing. It's all about making Jimmy Plumbo a better man. I curse too much on stage. It's unbelievable. I don't want to say Jesus Christ all the time. Cause that's just not cool. I don't want to do that. Even though it's a, it's a phrase that I say all the time. I don't want to do that. And I also, I, I just curse. I say the F word. I would rather curse. I mean, so I, I have a question I, now. I'm going to, I don't mean to cut you off, but I have a question. Is this a, is this something that you feel on your own by listening back, or was this said to you by maybe somebody that cares about you? I've had a few people over the years tell me that, and what I tried to tell them, and what happens is if you tell somebody who's not in showbiz, they don't get it. If you tell somebody who's in showbiz, I say, yeah. If you really watch it though, sometimes I curse in a key area that needs the curse, and it also needs the. Like, hey, you're at an R-rated show. I get that. But I curse as a nervous tick. Yes. I curse when I'm either confused about something, more not confused about a bit, when to get out of the bit. A lot of them are throwaways. Like, I'll just say, like, ah, oh, fuck. You know, like, um, and they're just not needed. It's, 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 it's like I listen to the tape, and now here's a crazy thing. I would say I cut my curses – in the last five years, I've cut it 40%. That's how bad it must have been. Like, do you, you know, know do you ago. know that you have told you specifically have told me that I curse too much on the show in the very beginning? Right. And you probably don't as much now. I don't. You still do sometimes. I do, but I think no. it, it, as well, it's like it ha I no, do, I does. curse. So if I did, if I cut it out completely, it I would be un unauthentic of me. Like, that's right. how I talk. Yes. And I, if you curse, um, I think if you curse like on a podcast, it's really got to be to make a point. Like if I say like, Chris, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. That that's part of a, a Jersey yeah, way. Of yeah, talking. Like I'm trying to, have but if it's people... just like, if I'm saying like, I'm like, Chris, what are you talking about? Why put the F word in there? It's the inflection. I just curse too much. And um, I actually make now what I do to remind myself on stage, I actually say, am I cursing enough for you? Oh, there's a couple curses there. And I, and sometimes for another minute or two, I won't curse. Um, uh, even though one of my one of my bits does have a curse word in it, which is fine, I don't mind that because I, I do would imagine that now. that this is a, a common issue amongst people in your position, just as like you. part of growth and and content, and maybe even a podcast well, good or a comic. The really good ones don't curse that much; they really don't. 
to agree. watch them. Now, again, sometimes the, here's another here's another problem that I got to text. This is for all my friends and family out there. When you're judging me as a stand-up or you're calling me up to talk about the show, I don't mind. Matter of fact, you learn from people sometimes. Here's what I can't have. Well, you know, when I used to watch George Carlin, okay, that's like uh, Chris playing softball on a Wednesday and me going, you know, Chris, I was watching Joe DiMaggio. Like, yeah. you can't. I don't want to hear about Richard Pryor, George Carlin, any of these guys. And number one, I don't want to hear, you know, I was watching on Netflix. I was watching on Netflix. Do you realize that uh, some guys got Netflix specials when they shouldn't have, but I won't mention names, but that is someone who's a very, probably, very big thing amongst the comedian well, comedians right huge, now. There's a huge, also, huge things happening with that. But you're talking about a culmination of hard work and stand up to get that tight set. Then we're talking about they usually tape two separate shows on the same night. They'll have a 6 p.m. and a 9 p.m. Then the comedian gets to watch his the show in between. If they have like a half hour, they'll go through with a producer and a director, and they go through everything. Plus, they can edit out. Not They can't edit out like a curse per se, but they can use one bit from the other show and blah, blah, blah. So you can't go by a plus, Netflix special. Plus it's, like, almost, it's like, plus, it's like Michael Jordan against uh, – you know, a regular, like a high school right. basketball player. Like, yeah, high school, me, a grammar school player. I mean, so you can't compare. You know, I've been watching a lot of stand up. Oh yeah, you're watching, you're watching like Jeter play, and I'm 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 over there at Sobin Field in Colonia uh, with Dick Donovan. Ah, Dick Donovan, yeah, that's so great. You just said Dick Donovan. That's why I do this show. I do this show for one reason, people, to say something like Sobin Field. Okay, which uh, I don't even care how you you know what it's probably not even called Sobin anymore, is it? It probably got renamed. It is. It's Don, Sobin and Donnelly, and it might oh, be Al so Gephardt. Remember, there might be a Gephardt. Uh, something. Well, hang the on Gephardt a second. Family. I think the field was called Sobin, and it was called Penn, and they renamed it Donnelly after he died. He was always there. What a great guy he was. His family's nice, too. That's so funny. I just said Sobin Field, and you knew what I was talking about. I love it. That's why you're on the show, Chris. That's why you're here. Um, but, yeah, anyway, um, I got to eliminate Sobin was the, the deeper park. Sobin had 10 more feet on, on it. That was the one closer to the main road there. And then uh, then they built that big uh, – I mean, listen, a couple of guys hit some shots off the stand. Yeah. The wall yep. that was part of the food stand. Okay, I know. Listen, my buddy Pat right Rumor now, has it – Dick Donovan is still walking, taking a walk over the the Parkway Bridge on his way, headed towards Food Town. Like I saw in his green, in his That's green L F L C jacket. So great! I remember all the umpires, coaches I had, Mister Garda, uh, Mister Bazalka. Now I love, but I'm going to give a shout out to Gene Bazalka. God rest his soul. He um, and Johnine's going to laugh at this. He actually coached assistant coach with my uncle Henry, and I wasn't a good little league player. I was, I was, uh, I was two feet in the air. I weighed about eight pounds, and even if I made contact, if I hit the ball as hard as I could, if I pulled the ball as hard as I could, it landed four feet in front of the third baseman. So, but uh, Mr. Bazolka would come out and pitch to us. You know what I mean? And it was, you know what? He was probably forty at the time, I guess, or maybe even younger. You know, to pitch to little kids and like you have to pitch to everybody at practice. That's try it someday. I would kill a kid. I couldn't do it now, but he would. But what happened was I give him so much respect. He was a great unlimited arc softball pitcher in Warbridge. But here's the best part. His kid quit. 
his quit, uh, his son Mike got into rock and roll and stuff, and he's even a great guitar player now. And Mr. Mazzolka the next year still coached because like, maybe he was pissed his son quit baseball, probably. I don't or know. he just or liked coaching. Or like coaching, and he and he actually I still the next year he, I remember he'd be out there, he would take his shirt off and everything. He would come in. And after a while, like I'm, he probably threw 80 pitches. I wish he was alive. I, I did talk to him once about it. He used to say, Oh, my shoulders to hurt, blah, blah, blah. But uh big shout out to Colonia Little Fellows League of America. Um uh and some LFLC. Old coaches, Michael Heck. And uh uh I listen, there's another classic story of my uncle Uncle Hank coached Little League. Okay. This is a classic story about my father. I don't think I've ever told on the air. So my, they were identical twins. So uh, my uncle Hank used to coach the, the kids. And uh, my father would come to the games and watch me play and my, my brother and all that stuff. Um, but my uncle Hank went away on vacation. So he said, hey, uh, hey you know, you got to, can you run the team? Said, yeah, okay. But nobody gave my father the memo, Little League rules. Okay, so we had one practice, right? And we had a double header, all right? So, of course, my father uh, was treating it like he was like Miller Huggins, okay? He was all in. But the best part is we're playing, and, like, I didn't I – didn't, I played the first game, right? And then, like, two innings, and he got me out of there. And by the middle of the second game, a, a, a father comes over and says, Hey, Mr. Palumbo, um, you know, we've been down here for two hours now. My son hasn't played. And my father's like, Oh, which one's your kid? And the guy points to a kid, and my father goes, "Oh, he can't play on my team. He's not good enough. Best nine play here." Which my father always believed in the best nine play. Could you imagine being a dad? And, As, and, 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 dad and but honestly, you could be like, "Look, my son's sitting right next to him." But 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 he didn't he, he didn't do it mean. He did it like. It was like somebody was challenging him as if, like, he thought, like... It was very matter-of-fact. Matter he was, of like, oh, the like, best nine players. Like, aren't we next supposed thing, to play to win here? Next thing you know, the league that director came over. The league director came over, and about Artie Lowe, no, they got to go three innings and four innings. My father was like, oh, I don't know anything about this. Is my audio coming in now? I feel like it's coming in and out. You're good. Fine. doesn't sound good, good to me. But, like, so it was, like, completely, like, my dad, then my dad was embarrassed. He goes, oh, and he put the kid in. But to my dad's respect... He said, uh, he goes, now your kid's not that bad. I just got to work with him a little bit. You know, so my dad was into that. Like, and so was my uncle. My uncle was a good coach. But they always tried to make the kids better, not about just penciling in. But my dad, he didn't know. He also argued of, of balls and strikes by walking right up to the umpire during play. So he, the umpire didn't hit, sit, hear him say timeout. The pitch is coming in, and my dad's in the umpire's face arguing over the size of the of the batter's box because the, the umpire called somebody stepping out of the box. My father had his tape measure. You don't know the size of the box. You don't know anything about me. what was going on. And supposedly the league director told my uncle that, please, can we never, ever have your, your brother? Your brother coach again. Bro, but you know what I started I, thinking funny. about? Best nine play, bro. How great yeah. is that? Best nine See, play. That way, I was at my you niece's, know. I was suck. at my niece's flag football game yesterday, and the problem was that they didn't let the best nine play, and they were giving everybody the ball. And my niece is getting the ball, and she's running 80 yards in the backfield to avoid getting her flag pulled. But they got some guys in this league, some little kids in this league that are, like, NFL ready. <laughs> they should not right. be playing against my five-year-old niece. And of all things, it was the Packers against the Giants yesterday. The Giants steamrolled the, the uh, Old Bridge the Packers. Packers. What? So the Giants won? The Giants completely dominated. When I say they had a kid that didn't get touched, Wait he had now. seven carries. 
700 yards and seven touchdowns. We got to talk to your guy over there, the sauce. Is that a preview of this NFL season? It is not. And maybe the Giants are going to be way better. In London. Than all the way over in no, London. No, we got to have, have a stat. Call the sauce, who's their uh, gambling guy. We got to do the over and under on your Giants Packers versus your Giants Packers in your five-year-old niece's flag football league. First of all, I don't, I, I don't know five-year-old girls can play. It's so, it's yeah. so, look, I don't mind that she's playing because she could definitely handle it. At that age, guys and, you know, boys and girls are, it's just go out there and have a good time. But some of the kids and some of the dads are taking this real serious with their five-year-old. And understandable, you know, you want your kid to go out there and be the best, but it's the only thing about flag football about it is stopping the ball. You got a kid that knows how to block that's like leading in a leading, you know, lead blocking that's on an nuts. end around and laying that's people out. I, and I, I played, I played flag football in, in uh, at Rutgers my freshman year. And, and I thought it was like, Oh, you know, fun game. No, the only I thing played, that's flag I is stopping the ball. Everything else is full contact. The pads no, actually help. You know, what it is, what it is, it's, it's tackle the guy. And after you tackle them, take the flag off. That's how I, that's the league we were in. I know I heard, I heard there's really good leagues out there. Yeah. With the referee. There's more fights in. in flag football than there is in, in, I, listen, I couldn't, I was too scrawny and uh, please. Um, what else? So that's it on that. Um, well, a uh, couple of things. I had two big auditions this week, which I recorded one here and the other one, Doug couldn't be bothered. So I had to do it at my place. I just love throwing Doug under the bus. Thank you. Now, you know the thing, Chris, Doug's a little new at me throwing my producers under the bus. So maybe you guys have to have a little conference call and say, occasionally Jimmy will throw you under the bus. Because uh, yeah. it's uncanny how good I've been thrown under the bus 13 times on this episode. Probably. I can see the tire tracks <laughs> on your forehead. <laughs> no, because Chris has the ability to be an unbelievable producer. Yeah. But then again, he has the ability to you know boot an easy ground ball. Um which, by the way, uh, I just got a message that my other podcast is not on Spotify and Ca Captivate, which we'll talk about that off the air. We'll figure that out. Um, on the air be. throwing? Throw yeah, yeah. On, on the, the air. air on I, the air throwing you under the yeah, bus. Well, I don't give a shit. You can throw me under the bus all you'd like. Hey, I, I, I refrain from firing back, but me and Jimmy will have a, a stiff conversation after this. <laughs> the, best thing is, podcast. the best thing is after the show, it's like, I think one time I thought maybe Chris was mad at me. Then after the show, he's like, hey, what's up, man? <laughs> Believe me. No, I'm good. I, I can take a punch. Show, take a punch. If I was going to do a show and actually be mad at somebody, I know that would be ridiculous. Um, but I had two big auditions. And I'm going through, and we named the show this, Audition Anxiety. You know why? Because I'm right for both parts. I should book these. And they're high-profile projects. They're recurring roles on these new TV shows. And I, I feel like uh, uh, Andahar on the Yankees. Why are they going to go with Gallo? I'm better. Play me. Uh, and I'm waiting for my phone to ring. Uh, and I did the auditions early, so they really weren't due till uh, you know, like Thursday, Friday of last week. So now I'm like, this is I call it a stare at my cell phone day, where I'm staring at my cell phone, waiting for my manager agent to go and say, Jimmy, they want you to call back or something. And uh, it could be 1974, uh, and they might as well call my mother's house at this point. Um, so I'm very frustrated over that. Um, and today I got another kind of a cool audition for an HBO Max show, which, by the way, I am on uh, HBO Max, the Michael Che, that damn Michael Che show. I'm in the first episode about halfway through. Very funny show about podcasting. I'm actually wearing podcast mics. I can't really, I don't know if I even want to discuss what the material is because it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, well, maybe it's racist, but uh, it's funny. And I play a racist guy too, which is even worse, but um, 
it's a funny sketch written by Michael Che, so God bless himself. Um, but I got a, another audition today for HBO Max. And, you know, you're in the league 32 years, okay? And, Chris, what do you think my character's name was? What? Jimmy. No idea. Why would I know? I'm, I'm, I'm guessing Jimmy. Okay. Because I have no idea. It's such a broad that, question that that I know, and I apologize. Uh, I'm throwing. I'm not throwing you on the bus. I'll put you on the spot. I feel like my girlfriend being like, "Guess what?" And I have to like literally guess what. <laughs> like I, uh, I don't know. My character's name. My character's name is security guard number one. Now let me teach all you young actors out there. The minute you think you got it going on, and you think you're like doing really well, you're booking TV shows, and your character has a number next to it. It's either security guard number one. It could be. Now, listen, I'm thrilled at security guard number one because of some asshole who's going to book the role of security guard number two. Okay. If your name, I've been, my, my, I've had like sick fat bastard. I've had a creepy guy number one. Imagine that creepy guy. And I get a number on top of it. Um, I've gotten pizza worker number two, uh, all these different things. There's nothing worse when you, you get an audition, you're all excited, you click on the sides, which are the, you know, that's the part you got to read. And it's not even like Bill or there's no description. Like it doesn't say uh, entering Bill, you know, mid fifties, uh, good looking fella. Or, you know, it usually says Bill fifties slouchy. It's to say like, like grandfather walks in. Right. <laughs> Grandfather can't play zero backstory. Does a shitty podcast. Can't play softball anymore. Enter scene. This there's no description of them. So you like you just and makes it where I'm playing a security guard at a museum. Okay, which is even worse. I'm not even a real cop or security guard. And it's in 1928. So uh, that to me is just like it's so. But you know what's sad. I can't wait to do the audition. How are you going to pull and, off playing an old fat bastard from 1928? I don't. You know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to play it. Jimmy Palumbo goes back in time, um, uh, and that's it. So that that's what I have to do. It's so it's such a uh, it's just depressing. I, you want to you want to have a character name. Sometimes though, when you book these things, and the director likes you, they give you a name on set. How great is that? So in the credits, it says Bill, and you feel good about yourself. But that's what's going on there. You, so that you, means I'll have, have a 1920s voice. Like, I, oh, I, come here, you say. I'm not going to say. No, but that's more 40s Phil Noir. <laughs> right, right. I'm going to talk like me. There had to be assholes talking like me back then. Um, but I probably won't push the Jersey accent as much. Um, also, um, I played softball. I did a couple things this weekend. Number one, yesterday I played pickleball in the morning. Everybody knows I played pickleball. It really is another really goofy sport. It's so easy to play pickleball. It's hard to be really, really good at it. But, like, Chris, if you played pickleball for, like, eight minutes, you'd be fine. I'm dominating <laughs> you. No, I'm way better than you because I play tennis. I'm better than you in all racket sports. I told you that. But I, yesterday, for the first time ever, played for two and a half hours. I was solely responsible for every every game we lost I was solely responsible for the loss. I would say, and I'm not making this up, I'm a pretty good pickle player when I get into it. I literally, I'm going to say, I blew. I say blew, I mean, I hit the ball out, double faulted, blah, blah, blah. 70% of the points of my, it was, it got to the point where, after I played like six different games. It got to the point where I was like, by the third game, I was like, oh my God. Like, I needed to be, if I needed to be taken off out of like, <laughs> 
go to the left hand or right. Get get Jimmy out of there. I was, and the one guy who I never played with because you rotate around about sixty people playing on these courts. This one guy, really in shape, kind of a creepy pickle guy. He, I was so bad in the beginning, but I was trying to tell him, "Hey, dude, I'm pretty good. I'm just, I don't know what happened. I don't have it today for some reason." He didn't know that, so he started being like, like kind of coaching me as if like I just picked up the sport yesterday. And I wanted to look at him and say, "You jackass! Don't tell me." But my play was of such. I you got to just sit I there just, and take your medicine. I just said, sometimes. "Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll try that." Like I was like, and then we got done. I was so angry off the court. I was like, I stink. And then, of course, I played softball, and something unique happened. I was two for three on the day. I hit two frozen ropes over the third base. I got the whole belly into it. I ripped it. Played well. Made a nice play in the outfield, too. Here's the funny thing. We lost like 17 to one. And guess who had the only RBI? Yours truly, Johnny Trino with the only RBI. And the other team knew I was from beer league, so they started harassing me. But the other team did something, and I know, Chris, you're so going to disagree. Maybe you'll agree with me on that. If you were on my... If you were on my team yesterday, you would have agreed with me, but maybe because of the show you won't. I don't know. I'll tell you what happened. You know, in softball, when you're up big, twenty, it might have been 20 to 1. I don't even know. But it was clear that we had no chance of when they were younger, better. We weren't going to win this game. There was no chance. Plus, we were down very early. It was 7 nothing in the first inning. You know, when, like, there's a certain style of play you have when you're playing softball now. You got to station to station, uh, you know, uh, not going for a triple when you hit it. Uh, there's little things you can do, not going for a double play by throwing home back to third, going for the triple play. Like there's little things when you're up by 19 runs in the sixth inning where, Hey, slow it down a little bit. You know what I mean? Like that's like, you, you're not going to, it's clear. You're not going to lose the game. We were making errors. We are not that good anyway. And so I'm sitting there, and some of the plays they were doing were borderline, but I said, I got to get these guys skin a little bit. Just to like, you know, when you're losing, you're just like, I'm going to, I'm going to throw that. Out. I'm going to try to shoot somebody from a distance, even though I have no chance. And I was like, looking at, I started barking at the shortstop, like, come on, bro, getting triples now, doubles, station to station, you know, stuff like that. They were trying to throw guys out on a base hit, throwing the ball to first, like, that's so a no-no yeah. in my book. I don't know how you feel about that. No, I, I agree. Like, there's there's a there's an etiquette. You want to do that shit in a playoff game, by all means. When it's right. time to re- when a game that means something, but if it's 17 nothing and you're trying to embarrass people in front of their loved ones, no, I'm not okay right. with that. That's what it was. And I That's said to myself, I, I looked I looked at the guy and I said, No, because I started watching them. And even though they took a big lead, they didn't hit that much after that. And uh, but anyway, um, I just got on a little bit on that. So listen, we got another exciting thing. Obviously, we got June 26, big Chop Sports Day at Merrill Park uh, on a Sunday. And also, tomorrow, I will be launching, ladies and gentlemen, check out Jimmy Palumbo's Patreon. We'll at least officially launch by, I'm going to put it on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. As soon as I get in touch with my social media guy who's sitting three feet from me and say, hey, why don't we post every now and then about something, uh, my Patreon. We're going to have three levels. We're going to have a $3, a $5, and a $10. You're going to get all kinds of things at each level. I'm still working out all the details. Trust me, you'll get good stuff. I'll be available to you to do all this crazy Patreon stuff. And uh, I'm even going to make Chop Sports Daily Show, bring it up tomorrow on the air if I get everything done today. And uh, we're going to have some fun on this Patreon thing. And I'm hoping that my mother and sister at least give me $3 a month. Um, For $3 a month, you just basically get nothing. See what I mean? Let there be light over there. Yeah, so, you, no, uh, no. We have a. I told you we have like this 
I'll talk to you off air about it. Okay. Later on. Like little Patreon, little virtual reality edit, thing that we got going yeah. on here. Augmented <laughs> reality. But your stuff will only be on Patreon. It'll only be on Patreon. Go check it out. Uh, and uh, I, re- I really appreciate anybody supporting this show. I love it. Uh, and me, blah, blah, blah. I've never done this Patreon thing. I think it's creepy, but everyone's doing it. Uh, and so uh, I want to be able to, uh, you know, support the show and do better things and have some fun. But, you know, we forgot. I have to throw this in, bro. CornholeLevel.com. We have to wait to the very end. How pissed is Caprio going to be? Ladies and gentlemen, listen. On June 26th, I'm having a big barbecue, okay? And CornholeLevel.com is this awesome gadget where you click on the board. I just gave one to my daughter. She just got a new cornhole board. You got to go to CornholeLevel.com. 20% off if you put in JP Show or Chop Sports. Um this thing is a little device. You put it in the hole and it totally like levels out your board, the proper height. It's the coolest little thing. It's only $19.95. It's available at cornholelevel.com. You could use it indoors and outdoors at your favorite barbecue getting involved. Chris, you know the product. You've seen it. You think it's yeah. cool. Um, you guys talk about it on your show. Uh, it's my, my buddy, Mike Caprio's company. He's a Met fan. Um, I just threw that in. He's a Met fan. Uh, so that doesn't mean Yankee fans can't buy this gadget. Here's the great thing about this gadget. Not only does it work, it's a great classic jerk-off thing to bring to a barbecue. And if you don't get at least a half-hour conversation out of this with your buddies, especially the ones who think they're really good at cornhole, which, again, Chris, you and I know, give us 20 minutes playing cornhole as good as anybody at the barbecue. That's how it works. It's not a man's game. It's not horseshoes. It's cornhole level. Um, so please go to cornholelevel.com, and uh, I assure you, Mike, next week you will lead off the uh, the show with cornholelevel.com. Uh, thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you next week. I know uh, Chris has got a big meeting. I got to let him go, and we will see you next week with a very special guest. See if it comes true this time. Are you ever gonna get that ending right? No, I don't think so. Right, I'll get it right. Where have you come from?